Your friends suck. Was that good? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of Your Friends Suck with Alyssa and Marissa. Currently, we are sucking, but we're here. We're ready. And we're ready to be your friends that give you advice since your sucky ones haven't answered these questions yet for you. Because we are doing advice today. Yes, that is our main topic. Uh, We have a few questions, both from friends, people we don't know, just some advice on different areas of life. Uh, So we're going to answer them to the best of our abilities. Uh, We would have more if you guys would write in. So I'm not trying to call you out. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Our email is yourfriendssuckpod at gmail.com. Always promo. Please send us love letters and questions. Yeah. So um, until then, we're going to go off a few that we have in different areas. Uh, Marissa, do you want to kick it off? Certainly. And I'd like to also preface this by saying we're both a little bit of a mess, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also totally underqualified to probably give any sound legal or financial advice however we're gonna give you the real answers that your friends won't tell you you know exactly i think think that's what's important right now Mm -hmm. you just really need somebody to look you in the face and be like (sighs) i was scanning the questions to decide if i could make a joke (laughs) out of any of them and i couldn't so we're gonna get right into it yes okay so we decided that uh, we're going to actually probably do a separate episode on college questions because there was a couple of those mixed in. And I feel like both of us had good college experiences, but different. Mm, yeah. We had overlapping, obviously, but just like different college experience. So maybe we could hold do a whole episode on that just because I have so much I could say about college or not going to college, honestly. So. Oh, yeah. Or going Gee, to I know community college because it's not worth the loans loans okay but the first question actually does have something about uh about college slash transitioning into just like adult quote-unquote life um so Mm. the question is i'm about to graduate i hate my major what do i do next we've never related to this have we marissa (laughs) never (laughs) oh goodness yeah so me personally, I still like in my job career, am not doing what is directly related to my major. And I am okay with that. Um, for me, I think it was one of the things that I had changed my major to be what I thought would make me more marketable or be like a more stable job or something like that. Um yeah graduated, fell in love with a job I had already had, and then just moved up there. So I guess my advice is, and honestly, from most people that I've talked to post-grad, if you have a degree, it kind of doesn't matter so much what it's in, as long as you're willing to learn, maybe start a little bit lower than you would if you had a degree in that area, and then work your way up, essentially. But yeah, if you hate your major, but you're really close, honestly, stick with it and uh, get through it because you already have all those loans that are just waiting to be paid for. Um, but I really think it, the world is full of possibilities. And once if you're willing to like kind of stick it out and work hard, I think most people are willing to work with you in any industry. 
Yeah. No, and I mean, obviously not a doctor. Certain things you do need <laughs> a degree for. <laughs> However, no, and I, I think that's... <laughs> You go for astrology and you're like, actually, can I be a surgeon? I would like to yeah. just try that one. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, that, like you said, that's, I think that's honestly been something that's very common. I, I think college changes us. Uh, we kind of become who we are and all of that stuff. So who you were when you were a senior in high school is totally different from who you were a senior in college. So I know a lot of people who either went back to school or their degree doesn't even apply uh, to their current job and that's okay. So, you know, like Marissa said, sometimes it's just having that degree under your belt and working your way up in a career. So don't freak out. You're not alone. I think that's like the biggest, um, theme of all these questions is like, you're not alone. Cause I feel like some of these are very relatable. Um, you know, like personally, I don't even know what my passion is. So I'm just like living la vida loca. Um, <laughs> I've got flashbacks of like Shrek. I don't even know I if that do. song. Is I, Shrek. I think, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry, for sure. But also I think, uh, you're 18 when you start college, I think you just grow up and find things you're more interested in or yeah. like you're better at. Cause you kind of just pick something and hope it sticks. Like you might end up being way better at sales than you thought you were, but you're stuck in like some other, some other industry because of a degree you picked. So don't let it limit you. Well, just be willing, be willing. I would say just like be very willing to be kind of humbled and work your way up and have to learn. Yeah. That's all. Or even just try out a, a job of this degree just because you don't like the work and you know, the homework and stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that when you get out in the actual field that you'll, you'll enjoy that part of it. It's a lot different. Um, I can't speak for every field, but I feel like don't freak out and see what happens because that's just what life's about. You can't plan it. Do some deep breathing and we will get through this. (laughs) I'm talking to ourselves. Talking literally to each other. Um, Okay. (laughs) This one is definitely more of Alyssa's specialty, not so much mine. Um, How to become an early riser. Yes. Okay. So my biggest tip is to just do it. That is something I've always been. I, in high school, I would literally wake up at like 5am and I'd go work out before school. And that's always stuck since now I wake up really early, even though I don't necessarily have to, to work out, not saying that's what you need to do to become an early riser. However, uh, you know, having that routine is really nice, both at night and in the morning, like making sure you're getting to bed on time. Personally, I mean, it's the routine helps because you are, you know, looking forward to what's happening. Like you're doing the same thing, whether it be like, okay, I'm going to wake up, have a glass of water, or I'm going to wake up, do some stretches. I'm going to wake up and do check social media, whatever. Not the best thing, but keeping that routine and keeping up with the time routine, even when you're on the weekends, like still waking up a little bit early, uh, the more you can kind of form that routine. I've said routine like a thousand times (laughs) that's going to, you know, help I don't know. What do you do? I mean, you're someone who's not good at it, but sometimes you do have to. So like, what do you do? So right now my schedule at work is 7.30 to 3.30. And I don't love waking up early. Um, The thing that does help is that honestly, like you do get tired (laughs) really early in the evening. So like if you're consistently (laughs) doing it, 
our body will naturally start to fall in that rhythm. And even when I'm not like working, I'll still wake up at seven almost every single day. So it does help to like, just straight up do it every day. Like I know some people are like, Oh, I want to sleep in on the weekends. It does help you honestly to stay in the rhythm of at least waking up similar times and going to bed at kind of similar times as like boring that as that sounds, that's like been the easiest thing for me. Um, otherwise I have absolutely no advice because I don't get up and I don't go work out in the morning. I get up because I'm like, I have to shower and get dressed and I only have so much time. I need money. Yeah, I have to, I force myself. So if I didn't have to be at work so early and had to be up a little bit later and I only had to wake up at like 6.30 or 7, maybe I would take more time to like enjoy it in the morning. But I've also like shifted my working out towards afternoon, right before, like before I leave work. So but that's also the benefit of me working at a gym. So that could be completely irrelevant. For me, it's literally you only have this much time to get ready before you have to leave. So you have to get out of bed. That is the only choice. So that's your adrenaline rush. Just being like, all right, we're doing it. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> and also I think another thing that could be helpful is keeping your phone away. So you can't keep hitting snooze. I know oh, yeah. it's really easy to, because you're on your phone before bed, quit doing that. Get off your phone mm-hmm. when you're going to bed and keep it far away from you. So you have to actually get up. I actually saw a TikTok that was talking about how to get better at this. Um, and that was one of the tips. And another tip was, you know, setting alarms that are way ahead of when you're um, supposed to wake mm-hmm. up and kind of reward yourself. So it's like first alarm, it's you get to go back to sleep. Second alarm, you get to get on your phone for a little bit. Third alarm, you have mm-hmm. to wake up. So stuff like that to kind of ease yourself into that routine and then, um, you know, go from there. I do have a physical alarm clock on the other side of the room. So like I have an alarm that goes off and then like 10 minutes later, the alarm clock goes off. And in my mind, I know that's happening, but I like, it's loud. I have to physically get out of bed to do it. So once I'm up, it's done, we're done for. So that definitely helps. So maybe try that. Maybe try not your phone alarm. You got to bully yourself a little bit sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think with, and I think the issue is with like having the phone alarm is that like one, even if your phone is across the room, once it's in your hand, you're like, oh, this is so small. I can just go back in bed with it and just ooh, go back to sleep. <laughs> Cut if a I little to, bit. Yeah. If I have to get up because a boat alarm honking sound is going off across the room, like I'm, I'm up. It's again, I have to be a straight up adrenaline rush to get out of bed. So it's like fire alarms are going off. I'm like, oh, okay, time for work. Let's go. Okay. So how do you help your apathetic friend, Lissa? More times than not, when a friend is apathetic, uh, if it's not a regular thing, it's, you know, other things that are going on in their life. So whether it be, you know, a personal situation or, you know, maybe they just had a bad day at work, knowing what they like. So like tuning into what their love language is and um, honing in on that, like, for example, mine, it's receiving gifts. So, you know, that could sound very materialistic, but it could be as simple as sending me a card or something like that. to see, just be like, Hey, I'm here. Um, you know, sometimes that stuff can go a long way. It, it's hard because I feel like different people are willing to be vulnerable, but I mean, I don't know, Marissa, what do you think? I think it's hard because both of us play so close to chess. This is a hard thing for <laughs> yes. us to answer because we are the the friend. Yeah. We like both don't, uh, we're not the friends that like openly vent about our feelings or emotions. I think pretty much with 
most people just because like we're like ah i'm emo but i'm just gonna keep it inside and just like and it's and because we're long distance friends it's even harder it's not like i physically see you almost ever so it's like through text messages i'm like "Mm, it might be sad but also i feel like she would use a skull emoji on a normal day so (laughs) exactly or it's like i'm not gonna say anything because i don't want to talk about my feelings either so i can just like keep it leveled but that's not good that's not always healthy no it's not i think for me i am i am personally an introvert that has to like my job and life forces me to be extrovert and I'm yeah. good at it. And then it, I hit a point where I'm just absolutely like, Oh, I can't keep doing this. I need to be alone for a little while. Mm-hmm. So what I have tried to do is when people are, because I'm one of those people that will always try to answer my texts and calls right away because I feel like it's a not you like <laughs> text messages. Uh, I'm not a sociopath. I just feel like I need to answer people so that they know that like I'm paying attention. So at some points I have to be like, Hey, I'm not in a place where I can text you back or help you with this right now. Please come back, which I think surprises people because I'm always so like quick to respond. So when I do that, they're like, Ooh. what I appreciate though, is when people are like, totally understand. I'm not going to bug you reach out to me whenever you want to talk or if you want to talk or if you need anything. That's a good point. Giving I think it, like leaving the door open, but like acknowledging that you're leaving the door open, not just being like, okay, just being like, Hey, totally understand. I hear what you're saying. Let me know if you're ready or ever want to talk about things. I'm super here slash like if we just need to eat dairy free Ben and Jerry's, so be it, you know? No, exactly. And I think that's a good point. We should be answering this question as the apathetic friend, not trying to. It's true. We can't force the perspective because we don't know. (laughs) Exactly. So everything Marissa said, it's, it's just letting that person know that you're there. Sometimes that's enough. Sometimes they don't want Mm -hmm. help, but if you're willing to say like, Hey, I'm here, if you do need me, like that can go a long way, even if you don't actually ever do anything. Well, you're a gifts person and I'm a quality time person with my friends so if somebody if I say something like that or I'm like hey super just like overwhelmed can't text you back right now and they say okay let's get coffee sometime you let me know what day works best for you that like gives me like okay I know this person would like to sit down and have a conversation or like just kind of catch up if I feel like I'm in control of when we can meet up or I'm in control Mm -hmm. of like, okay, let me set a definitive timeline that lets them know, okay, in a week from now, like if I haven't heard from this person, I probably should reach out again. But it also like makes me feel like not overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. You're a little emo and weird and self-reflective. I didn't like that. Whoever asked (laughs) me. Yeah, I'm I'm sweating. We record these. (laughs) Should I ask the next one that's going to attack you as well? Yeah, let's go for it. Just fire away. How to deal with a dry texter. Do you think it means like dry humor and it just, it doesn't read super well through text message or like what you mean where it's like, you kind of just end the conversation. I guess both. I feel like I would say both can be an issue. Like my mom, the way that she texts, I can send her this amazing thing. Like I could literally be like, mom, I want a thousand dollars. And it would just say, cool. And in her mind, she's saying like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But like the way she types, it's just like, yep, cool. Or it's a smiley face. I'm like, oh, okay. But then when I call her, it's totally different. So one 
first and foremost is not reading into it. That is the biggest thing. I run into that a lot. I have a lot of, yes, I have a lot of friends that are very, um, empathetic and, um, you know, can kind of take that stuff seriously if I'm not responding correctly. So I think first and foremost is not taking it seriously. Like they're texting you. So that means they want to talk to you. Uh, and sometimes like, you just kind of have to deal with that's how it is. And, you know, also if you're, if you're really wanting to talk to that person and they're not responding, like pick a topic that, you know, they care about. Sometimes if it's just like, how's your day? And then it just kind of goes away. Like me personally, I'm like, okay, it was good. And that's the end of the conversation. But if you bring up a show that we both like, or like, if you're just genuinely looking for a conversation, like start a conversation. Sometimes it's just, I, I personally, I can't handle the, like the weather outside. Like I, I can't do like a constant that. stream of conversation for just like no yeah, reason. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. I think that's something that's funny about like our generation that grew up with cell phones is that like, we expect people to be in constant contact with us. Yeah. Like, do you text Zach when he's at work? No, no. I mean, I do some, I, it's very like, it's, I mean, obviously it's weird now because we're, we're, well, it's weird now too, because we're working together. together. Yeah. But before, I mean, it would be like a quick, like, how's your day or whatever, but it's like very, that's it. So, but also like that used to not ever be a thing. Like my parents would go to work and be like, see you in eight to 10 hours. (laughs) And then they would see each other. And so then they're like, here's eight to 10 hours worth of information that you missed out on. Um, Whereas now is like, I think, yeah. And I have an aunt. She's probably not going to listen to this. It's not the one that my mom (laughs) existed. Uh, I have an aunt that when she responds, okay, she does. Okay. And then dot, dot, dot. Oh, I'm like, excuse me. Like, what did I do? I don't understand. Um, I also think that, uh, so again, back to the, like constantly being in communication, I think if you have a friend or even in like dating, that the other person is kind of a dry texter and it's kind of hard to keep like a back and forth going because either a, they're like answers seem like they're ending the conversation or you just can't read what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Kids call them. Yeah. I know that sounds so terrifying to have a phone <laughs> conversation, but it's so much easier voice memo, somebody or Marco Snapchat them, or literally like hearing someone's voice, I think takes so much of the question out of it. Yeah. And if they still sound uninterested when you call them, <laughs> they're not interested. They're just not interested. But like genuinely. Uh, and that's something I had to like, when I was started being like other people's bosses, like yeah. obviously like texting is the easiest way for me to communicate quickly with them. And then like, they can respond at whatever time's convenient for them. Yeah. But my texts don't always read the way that I mean them to. Yeah. So I will like voice memo and be like, Hey, just so you know, like, don't forget to do this when I see you later, blah, blah, blah. Like, because otherwise it seems like they're in trouble. And I didn't think of it that way because I don't view myself as like a scary, intimidating <laughs> person. But like, I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. If your boss sent that, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Start doing it back to him. I know. It doesn't matter the context. It's like, okay, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, ah, what? Well, dot, dot, dot. where I suck, I put LOL still after almost every text. And I'm toxic like that. Yeah, I get it. I also genuinely do laugh at almost things. Oh, so. no, yeah, for sure. It is also me laughing out loud. But 
like my sister and I, she's really bad at it as well. And one time we were like, okay, this is the year. Like we're going to stop saying LOL at the end of everything. We're done with LOL. We lasted like a few hours and it was like, so you're like irritated with me? Cause like before I'd just be like, oh, I'm doing this LOL. And then like, then it would just be, I'm doing this. I think it's like, I think it's like, yeah, a easy way for you to show that like you're happy, even though like, yes. it'd be like, I'm cleaning the bathroom or I'm cleaning the bathroom. Like yeah. there's different, I think that's why I use emojis so much because I don't want people to be like, oh, what the hell? Like, what if instead know. of putting LOL at the end, you just put a smiley face? <laughs> but emoji, like a, but like a uh, uh, colon parentheses. Yeah. An emoji. It's going to be like or you. Colon, colon dash parentheses. Been weirder. Just what a serial killer thing to do. Um, yeah. We have emojis <laughs> for a reason. Okay. <laughs> do you have anything else on dry texting? Like, what would you recommend people that are like, Alyssa, I can't read you via text. Like, what do I, what do you tell them? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm the friend that sucks. Yeah. I, well, I feel like you start to understand that about your friends. Yeah. Like, you start to get it, like, okay, I can expect this from Melissa. Or I can expect this from Marissa. And it's just like a learning curve almost. Cause like they do that with you at the same time, like people who aren't dry texters, it's like, okay, I know if I get into this conversation, it's going to be like for the long haul. So I think yeah. you just learn to read the way that a person is. And then if you do feel like something's wrong or if they're upset or whatever, just say something. They're your friends. They're not. I mean, it, if they suck, they're going to be mad that you said something. But if they're not, then you just say, hey, are you irritated with me? And then you just say, nope. And then you move on. Yeah. Um, okay. So next question. I am an 18-year-old male and I have no idea what to wear to my interview. I do have some advice on this, but I'm curious to see what yours is. Well, it depends on the job. I feel mm -hmm. like um, if it's anything that's in an office, um, better safe than sorry. I don't know. It's actually kind of fun where um, it feels like such a long time ago, but where I sit at my office is right next to where people go in for interviews. So I'm judging outfits all the time and seeing, you know, oh, he wore a suit. He's serious. Like it, it does. It does definitely mean something. It, may, it makes a difference if you're wearing a golf polo that has the little logo on it. Or if you're wearing a suit and tie, like that shows how serious you are. And I mean, it sucks, but I think, I don't know. I feel like sometimes suit is too much, but like at least a button up with a tie, even if, see, it's different. Cause what if you're working at I'm a gym or yep. yeah. So what would you say? I always tell people to go once, at least one step above what, you think you'd be asked to wear every day oh I like so, that like, like for a gym like obviously you'd wear athletic clothing if a man comes in in like khakis and like a polo or khakis and a button-down shirt I'm like yeah that's fine like I yeah if you came in like athletic clothes I'd be like uh not my favorite Ooh. thing next what's your favorite show <laughs> Yeah. If you're serving at a restaurant and you're going to be wearing like a polo and khakis, like probably one step above that, like wearing black dress pants and a blouse or like wearing a like skirt and top is fine. But I always tell people like yeah. one step above whatever you're going to be wearing normally on a day to day basis or full suit, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Cause I mean like how many jobs really besides like being like a lawyer or something, would you like be expected to be in a full suit every day? Probably not very, but if you, if that's the case, you have lots of suits. So you don't really have to worry about it too much. Exactly. Well, and it, it, I think that it's just the industry or businesses yeah. at large are changing. Like there's definitely some of those, um, higher ups that are like, they didn't have a suit on, like they must have generational thing. Yeah. So I think it just feeling the company out too. like maybe look on their social media, if they have anything, like, for example, where I work, like I saw that people, I mean, I still wore a blazer to my interview, Mm -hmm. but I, I looked on their social media and like, there's people in jeans. So I'm like, okay, they can wear like kind of lax, but I want to make sure that I'm coming off as serious. So that's what I wore. I think even for my job where everyone, I, when I went in for my interview, it was pajama day. It was like a spirited day. So the person interviewing me was in pajamas and I was in like in pants and a like a, uh, I guess a blazer over my shirt. And she was like, oh my God, you look so nice. I'm like, yes, thank you. If I would have known it was pajama <laughs> day, I would have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I always just tell people to one step above. That's an easy like rule of thumb of like pretty much any job, especially if you're working in like retail or something and you're trying to get a job there. One step above whatever you'd have to wear every day is usually a good bet. Um, okay. How do you delicately tell someone they're bothering you or they do something that bothers you but direct enough that they actually listen? Ooh. <sighs> yikes that's another hard that goes back to what type like you to a certain extent when you have friendships you have to have some level of emotional intelligence to kind of read that person so Mm -hmm. I know for example I have a lot of like I said friends that are empathic kind of sensitive so Mm -hmm. I know not to be straight up and blunt because they'll take it the wrong way so it's like making sure that you're aware and you're kind of mapping your reaction because it is important because you need to what's worse is if they're doing something that's bothering you and like no one wants to be that friend that's bothering someone and they're just no one's saying anything so I I feel like it's reading that person and then you know going from there it really just depends yeah I think it's also important too to recognize why something bothers you. So if it's like a significant Mm -hmm. other and you're like, oh my God, you're talking to me the second I get home. Like, can you please just stop talking to me? Being like, hey, I actually need a second to unwind when I get back. I need like 20 to 30 minutes to just kind of sit in silence, scroll through my phone, like turn my brain off for a second and then we can have a conversation. I think if you just tell somebody like, Hey, you're annoying me. Yes. 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 Doesn't help. Or Hey, I hate the way you chew. Doesn't help. If you can come to them with some sort of tangible, not goal, but like task or something to like help you help them or vice versa. No. And that's, Um, that's a good point too, is working through it in your head as much as you can before you say it out loud. Um, so (laughs) because they're not going to respond to that if you're coming at them like that but if you can say if you can explain yourself like you said I need time to unwind like I love that you want to talk to me right when I get in in the door because I miss you too or whatever um but I need some time to rewind or unwind unwind. (laughs) my brain my brain literally I kept trying to say unwind and it was going to rewind rewind (laughs) becoming rewind (laughs) um 
but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's just important to recognize why something bothers you and like mm-hmm. coming at it from that angle. Um, okay. So struggling with efforts to eat healthier, having strong mental health effects. <sighs> Since my whole degree was nutrition. Yeah, I was going to say, this is perfect for you. Yeah. It's in like diet culture is really tough. And I think a lot of young adults, um, male and female struggle with things like this. Um, one of the most important pieces of advice that I've ever heard given on like learning to eat healthier or wanting to, is that you cannot have an all or nothing mentality. You can't be like, I had this cookie, it's ruined the entire meal or it's ruined the entire day. So now I just have to go as hard as possible and ruin everything. Mm -hmm. Like I know people are like, Oh, I have a cheat day. I honestly think having a cheap meal is a little bit more realistic and you can do that more than once a week. So you're not like pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself to make it to Saturday because it's your cheat day. It's more of like, ah, in two days I get to have ice cream after dinner and not worry about it and have as much or as little as I want. Um, And in the next like three days, we're going to dinner with friends and I'm going to have an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's just like with eating healthy, it's such like, oh, I'm going to be keto now. Or like, oh, I'm going to be a full-fledged vegan now. Or it's like that all or nothing mentality either means you succeeded or you failed. Yeah. And there's no option in between. I think it's just important to be like, okay, that was kind of a not the best. Next meal, we'll make up for it. Not make up for it. Next meal will do better or I'll be a little bit more conscious of things. Obviously we could talk a lot about health and nutrition, but I think that's the, that's the easiest thing because I feel like people just, you set yourself up to fail when you do that because you're like, Oh, I've had like 10 days of eating healthy. And then I've had one really bad one. Now I'm starting over. No, you're not starting over. Yeah. I don't need to keep going down that path. We just have to start over tomorrow or we just have to start over for dinner. It's not all or nothing. Yeah, no. And I think that that can lead to binging as well. Like you said, if you fail, then you binge because you feel bad about yourself. Or if you hold it out for Saturday night, then you're going to go hard. Whereas if you allow yourself to splurge every now and then, you're not going to want to go hard when you have those cheat meals. Um, I read this, (laughs) this post a while back, and it really changed my mentality on all of this because I've struggled, Marissa as well, I've struggled with Um, having a healthy relationship with food. And it said like, on average, you have 21 meals a week. So if you did Mm -hmm. like breakfast, lunch, dinner, every, every week, or every day, if you that's 21 meals. So if you mess up one time, like that's still an A plus, like that's still, you're still passing. So it's like, if you if you are eating super healthy, and you have one bad meal, you're fine. The, The biggest defeat is when you let that defeat you and you start going back into your old habits. But that's another thing is if you do start on one of those diets, you have to realize it's because the diet, if you're so for example, if you're on some kind of low carb, what have you, sometimes that's needed for medical reasons. I'm not doubting that at all. But if you're going to stay on that, and you lose weight, when you try to go back to normal, you're going to gain that weight back. Like it doesn't just stay off. It's a lifestyle change. And you have to be ready for that. And if you're not ready for that, then you're just going to keep yo-yoing and binging and all that kind of stuff. So it's giving yourself grace and easing into it instead of trying to go cold turkey because it's really a hard habit to unlearn. 
Uh-huh. It's that it's just the all or nothing mentality of the I'm not going to eat this thing for 60 days. It's like if you do it one day, then you failed. And it's like, well, yeah. screw it. I'm just going to not do it. Like it's, it's, it's really tough. That's why I like struggle with like, I understand the concept of whole 30 and like in practice for certain things, it makes sense. However, like you screw up one day and whole 30 says like you messed up start over. Yeah. Like, and you never really, like, if you are somebody that struggled with that your whole life, or you're trying to like learn new things and stuff, it's not exactly the most conducive to be like, I'm going to go all in and do this thing. Because then at some point you failed if you didn't do it hundred percent. And that's tough. Nobody's a hundred percent. That's disgusting. Mm. Nobody's at hundred percent a plus all the time. That's nasty. They got other things going on if they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's other things happening. Uh, yeah. I think it's just more of like, okay. Thinking about consciously making an effort to decide like, okay, maybe these are the meals or things that I would like to incorporate into my weeks to look forward to them. But also like, you shouldn't not look forward to your other meals either. So make your healthy meals more fun. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 100%. And sometimes it can just be like, instead of this, I'm going to put this instead for a little while. See how it goes. Back and forth. We could talk about that kind of stuff probably forever, but I'm also being vague because I don't want to straight up attack any specific diet. Yeah, well, I probably could attack them all. But again, whole thirty. Whole thirty is not my favorite. I'm just throwing that out there. I understand. The, I understand the concept. I understand the concept of it. However, um, I just think it sets you up to like have a super negative mentality about food in general. Cool. Any questions about that? Email us at yourfriendsuckpod at gmail.com. Attention, <laughs> Yeah, put it as a high priority and I'll answer it super fast. Put a read receipt as well so that you know when yeah. we opened it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. This one says, I actually got on my Instagram a lot about like buying a house, how to buy a house, mortgages and stuff. And I'm going to be honest, neither of us own a house. Do you know anybody that's bought a house actively, like close enough to you that you have any knowledge of it? Yes and no. Okay, for sure. Yeah, no, no one I've actually like talked about it with people that I've done it. And I'm like, go you. But like, as far as any of the inside ins and outs of it, it's absolutely no knowledge. And know that there's obviously lots of steps. Um, you like a house, you have to put an offer in. Your offer has to be selected versus like other people's offers that's going in. Sometimes you have to go back and forth on a price. Um, you have to get approved or like a loan. You have to have like your job verified and what kind of money you make at your job verified from your employers. Uh, you have to have an inspection done. They come in, look at everything and say like, this is, and this are wrong. And that point you can either decide like, okay, we're going to ask the seller to take that much money off of the price so that we can repair ourselves. Or you're saying to the seller, like, I want you to fix that before we move in, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how I know this much. As soon as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm shocked that I know this much. This is also a real estate agent. Yeah, actually I have been hiding it this whole time. But what's crazy to me, and I think that a lot of younger people don't realize, and we've kind of talked about this, is that a mortgage on a house can typically be the same as like your rent somewhere. Yeah. I think or that's less why like, for more square less, feet or less for a whole 
house <laughs> your whole mailbox like what yeah it's insane to me I think the concept of buying a house for a lot of younger people seems so like crazy and like oh I'll never be able to do that because I don't have a hundred thousand dollars for a house when it's really not yeah. <laughs> that month to month um you obviously don't have to have a hundred thousand dollars just like laying around to buy a house but also there's two sides to buying a house for, versus renting. Mm -hmm. For younger people, I think that it's a good investment if you can buy a house young, if you know that you're going to be somewhere long-term because it's something you can put work into, create value, eventually sell down the road versus renting is literally just throwing money at a black pit. You're never going to see any return on it. Yeah. But with buying a house, you don't have the freedom of moving. So that is a very true point. I think people are quick to be like, oh, it's cheaper than rent. But then if you want to move next year, you got to figure out how to sell that house. And if you've done some damage or there's been damage done to the house, which I will quickly know if you haven't, this is something I have learned from other homeowners. Huh? If you get an inspection and you ask the people to fix it, pay for the second inspection. You will not regret it because you'll think like, Oh no, it's good. No, get receipts because that can go real bad real quick. And then you're screwed because they did, they try to do it themselves and they did it wrong or whatever. You didn't double check their work. Mm -mm. No, 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 you didn't. Yeah. I think it's like a double-edged sword. I think it's a really good idea to, some money into something if you can get a return invest on it obviously and it's something that can make you money down the road however if you like the freedom of being able to move or aren't set on an area obviously you would want to rent but again renting a place can literally be like throwing money into a black hole because you will never see that money ever again like it's just gone so that's wild kind of crazy kind of wild but also remember that my parents' mortgage is just about as much as my rent for my apartment. So, and my, my apartment doesn't have a washer and dryer. Uh, it doesn't have two locks on the front door and the oven, the bottom coils don't work. So pizzas only burn from the top and raw on the bottom. Just keep that in mind. So this one's just funny. I don't think either of us have an answer, an answer for this one. Uh, it just says WTF taxes. <laughs> same. RT favorite. Same, same, same. To the um, top. Pays, pay someone to do them. Become friends with someone who is interested in them and ask questions. If Find a podcast. TurboTax, Turbo yep. yes. Um, I'm yep. sure there's a tax TikTok you could follow. Uh-huh. 100%. Type, type in the hashtag. Yeah. You can learn everything. It has to be. Uh, yeah, I honestly don't have an answer for that, but I have found that like if you pay someone to do them, they are they know how to actually do it. So best bet probably not have to pay back anything, or like you'll have a better chance of paying back less or getting more because of that. So especially if you're like an LLC or a small business, mm. hopefully you already know this. There's so many things you can tax right off. You best be doing it, my guy. Yeah. Get some of that money back for your gas. And ask questions. Don't assume that you understand it. Or you'll be like me, where I had to pay all of the city taxes back because I didn't uh, realize I wasn't paying them throughout the year. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, there's not, honestly, with that kind of stuff too, there's not a dumb question because like mm -hmm. I lived in one, I lived in one city 
it's complicated. When I was in college, my permanent address was in one city. I was actively living in another and I worked in a third. <laughs> yes. I had to pay taxes to all three of those places. <laughs> no. And it's just, yeah, it's tough. So make sure you're asking questions. There's not a dumb question when it comes to that. Honestly, your employer might not 100% know the answers, but they can get the answers from somebody. Slash, yeah. Yeah, slash when you go to somebody for, uh, when you go to an accountant to do your taxes, they will know those answers. So please ask, please ask somebody that's um, a little bit better at those things than us. I can barely use a calculator. So who knows? I will make you lose money. <laughs> I'll be like, just give it to me. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay. Two more enjoying work again. Ah, this is tough. So for me, I periodically need a break. Yes. First of all, my ADD in general needs a break of get it breaking out of like a monotonous routine. I get a break through like traveling. This also comes back to the conversation about how millennials don't like taking days off. Mm -hmm. Even if it means that you take three days off to just stay home, you should do it every once in a while. I promise you a couple days of just like straight up sleeping in a little, having a break in your routine, and then going back into it can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Other things that have helped. I'm lucky that like the company I work for has like twice a year, they have two big conventions that like is talking about the future of the business and stuff like that. And you get to learn a lot of things and you learn a lot from other people and you pull ideas from other people and like whatever. I think having like a refresh in your learning or being mm -hmm. excited about things again, definitely helps. It's something that like being around other people that are like, maybe are more like fresh faced and new than you and like yeah. getting to hear their new ideas definitely helps as well. No, I agree. I think a break yeah. So that was, much. that was honestly going to be the biggest thing. And I, I think that, you have ebbs and flows, regardless of what your job is, you're going to have times where you hate it and you're burned out and you don't want to do it anymore. But then, you know, there's always that silver lining of it being a new day. And if you need to take a break, um, something that I am speaking from what I do not as a person who doesn't do this, um, I have trouble pulling away, especially being working from home. It's not wild for me to end up working until eight because I want to finish something real quick, or I'm trying to look out for future Alyssa. And that is not something that you can do long term, because it gets to you and you start to get, like I said, burned out and stuff like that. So just being mindful of that. And when you need to take a break, or when you know, like, I can put this off until tomorrow, do it because <laughs> you'll yeah. end up like me. And you'll be crazy because, uh, you've just meant you're just mentally exhausted. Like make sure that you're checking in with yourself as much as you are with the tasks you're supposed to be doing. I also think like shifting your goal can help every once in a while. So I work mm, for yeah. a business. So a lot of it is like make money, hit this number, hit this number, hit this number of money you're making. Whereas like maybe then for a month focusing on like retention or focusing on engagement or focusing on growth, different things can kind of help that because it seems like, oh, here's this big goal that's like looming over my head, but finding different ones to kind of focus on for a little while helps distract you away from it and inevitably helps that other goal, obviously, but it's like gives you a new task to kind of fixate on for a little while. So it shifts your shifts your focus away from like one fixated point, I guess. Yeah, no, that's good. And 
again, hitting on what you said about kind of finding a new passion for it and really doing a deep dive of why you have that job and what you love about it and how you, maybe it's listening to a podcast that <laughs> don't listen to us, listen to this, but like listening to a <laughs> podcast that is someone who's in the same field and getting re-inspired and not being afraid to, you know, if you have ideas, reach out to your manager or, you know, if you mm-hmm. like, I think the worst thing that you can do is try to commiserate because like if you try to go to a coworker and you're both unhappy like that's not a good deal so it's it's trying to figure out how you can turn it positive as opposed to this sucks I hate this waking up every morning not liking your job misery loves company yeah mm-hmm. um another thing is like being on the other end of that I do appreciate when people I work with Um, come to me and like hey I am super bored of doing the same thing all the time is there anything else you think I could do or would want me to work on and trust me I am more than happy to delegate (laughs) different tasks to other people so even if it's like some weird cleaning task or like organizing something at least gives them a break from doing the same thing all the time so don't be afraid to ask if there isn't anything else you can do they're gonna tell you obviously they're not just gonna make something up but any small break in like that routine can definitely help um, kind of bring you back to focus the last one (laughs) is being more assertive (laughs) another very important one and Mm -hmm. we were actually discussing these a little bit before we got on um marissa is very good at being an assertive person i think um she has a very good like temperament where it's not coming off as aggressive it's coming off as i genuinely feel this way and i feel like it's healthy for me to tell you I am aggressive. So I I can give you points for that of how to help up your aggressiveness, but to be assertive, that's going to be majority Marissa. (laughs) Well, I think too, like in, uh, this is so strange because I think I'm assertive in most places of my life, not by, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is necessary for all I don't know if this is necessary for all pieces of your life. Yeah. Like if you're like, I need to be more assertive in my X, Y, and Z, my friendships, a job, like those are kind of different things. Mm -hmm. I think to me, the thing is, is you have to be a certain kind of person too. Like, I'm not going to lie. Not everyone can be the most effective assertive person because you have to do like the most important thing you have to do is completely remove your emotions from the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah pinpoint like the one thing so that's what's hard I definitely can be aggressive in that but that's when I'm like emotional and I'm being like well this person is doing this thing that just makes me upset or feels unfair but at the end of the day removing all those things like what what is the one thing that I need done or want done um and how do I verbalize that so oh especially being in a job that is a little bit more predominantly male Mm. or viewed as more of a masculine industry even if it's not people I work with aren't predominantly male it's more viewed as a masculine industry I've had to learn to be more assertive in that realm 
realm scenario <laughs> situation oh what environment oh okay, my god yeah. we I got like, there though we got there it's okay association. what was i saying earlier? yeah the, the being in like a more masculine viewed uh industry in that environment i've had to be like okay if you come off emotional and unreasonable no one's gonna care what you're saying but if you come off as in like hey this thing has to be done if you want to progress in this direction and that's where you kind of get the outcome you're looking for you just can't let people push you around either that's what sucks Mm -hmm. i'm a person that like if to my friends or two people i care about i will very easily cave because i like like meeting people where they are and like giving them whatever they need however yeah. at my job I'm like hey uh absolutely not you will not do that <laughs> absolutely not you will not say that that is not appropriate we will not do that here yeah that's very true it's hard when you're at a different position and it, again it does depend on where you're trying to be more assertive in what your environment is I feel like so many things so I guess with this if you do ask for advice, please give us as much context as you can so that we can fully answer this question. Um, but I think, like you said, it's it's just important. And it's really hard because sometimes, you know, you will be assertive or aggressive and people will cave. But like, that's not your problem. It's not your job to even cater to their emotions. It's your job to health Mm -hmm. like in a healthy way communicate how you're feeling and then what that other party does with that is not your problem you've spoke your piece and that's all you really can do because everyone's everyone views things different deals with things different understands things different and that's what it sucks about being human is we're all not yeah we don't all work the same way and it's hard but you at the end of the day like you said you have to stick up for yourself because if you don't then you know, you're not going to be happy. And then one day you may get aggressive and just freak out because you've been holding this in for so long. It's important to check in with yourself again. Yeah. And I think it's more difficult. It's more difficult for people to argue with you when you're being assertive versus aggressive, because if you're blatantly Mm. bluntly saying, this is what's happening, this is the outcome and this is how it's affecting me or the situation without being like, oh, you're making me crazy and blah, blah, like getting super emotional. It's kind of hard to argue with facts. Or like, this is making me sad because X, Y, and Z, or this is frustrating because X, Y, and Z. If you have things to back it up instead of saying, I'm frustrated with you, or I'm upset with you, or I'm mad at you, or blah, blah. It's easier to be like, I'm upset with you because things are always late when I ask them to be at this time. Or I'm getting upset because of whatever reason it's a little bit easier for another person to understand when you're coming at from a more logical place again that takes a certain type of person or it takes a lot of practice to get there mm-hmm. it is it is a talent that you have to learn um but it's definitely possible and you don't have to be assertive in every situation like I literally this is a great point I can look at my boss in the face and be like I won't do that because of X, <laughs> but did I just walk into Starbucks the other day and I said, they said, what was the online order name? And I said, Marissa, and I ordered a hot v- vanilla latte. And I'm very scared. All right. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, we lost Alyssa there for a minute. 
very casually. She uh, completely dropped off. So this might sound a little bit different. So what I was saying was like in different scenarios, I'm assertive. And then other times I'm not. So like my boss, I will look at and be like, I am not doing that because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And you will not make me. Whereas the other day I ordered a drink on the Starbucks app. I walked in. They said, what's the name? I said, Marissa. I ordered a hot vanilla latte. She hands me a venti iced dragon drink. (laughs) And I look her in the face. I said, Marissa. And she said, yeah, this is your order. Hands it to me. I walked out of the store with a venti ice dragon drink and I didn't say a damn thing. Okay, <laughs> so, but those are like good though. You gotta give it to Yeah, but like I wanted caffeine. Yeah, 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 no. I came for caffeine. Yeah, I was like, damn it. So I got back to work. I literally was recounting the story to the people at work and the girl looked at me that was working with me. She goes, I'm gonna go pick up your venti hot latte right now. And I was like, honestly, thank you so much. <laughs> I can be assertive and cold, but I'm also very fragile. Yeah. And that is balance, so much balance. But yeah, there's just like different pieces of my life. I cannot get myself to be assertive in other ones that like actually matter. I can like, all right, listen, kids. Well, that's what matters too. We're doing it or we're not. So yeah, basically what I was saying was if you can turn off your emotions and be a little bit more logical, you can be assertive. So no worries. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a advice from two 20 somethings about life and tricky topics uh the best of our ability yeah and if anything that you got from this just know if you're a mess you're not alone yep my phone's ringing now too (laughs) (laughs) nothing can go right today nope not a thing happy Happy 2020 guys yes yes y'all happy 2020 y'all that's what we're that's where we're at right now um just remember shoot i always can come up with something on the spot and i'm really drawing a blank go remember to wash your hands wear Wear your mask and register to vote register to oh if your friends aren't registered to vote your friends just suck yeah, they suck. Let it, let us at them. We'll tell them what's up. Let, let us at them. I'll send them some links. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No excuses hands. here. Nope. No excuses. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and remind your sucky friends that they need to register to vote. And that is all we have for this week. Amen. If you need anything, if you have any questions, any topics you want us to go over, leave a voicemail after the tone. We will get back to you when we're done being apathetic. <laughs> Email us at yourfriendsuckpod at gmail.com. Um, also, Campbell's super ready for our sponsorship. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.